Jams. K-Jams 105.3. You're sitting there pretty with me, your favorite radio reverend, Preach Easy in the morning. How you doing this morning? I hope that this Sunday morning is going easy as your gospel should be. If this is your first time with me, then allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me Preach Easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, but because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. That means here on KGMs 105.3, we're going to be diving into the nitty gritty. You know, answering the questions that you ask yourself in the middle of the night, like, who am I? What is my purpose? Why did God make me? Well, I believe all the answers to that are real easy because they start with you. The journey getting there, the journey getting there can be a little tough, can get a little difficult, but that's where I come in. Has your favorite radio reverend? That's the most popping podcast pope. Oh yeah. I'm on all streaming platforms, so that means all you gotta do to stay tuned in is type in Preach Easy wherever it is that you listen to your music or you get your podcast. Heck, I made it so simple. You can even type it in on Google. You just type in Preach Easy. That's P-R-E-A-C-H. Put a little space in between. E dot Z. And that'll keep you tuned in and up to date, especially as we are continuing on into our biblical interpretations. Last week, you didn't miss me. I missed you. You know, the storm knocked out a lot of power, but now we are back in the groove. But two weeks before that, we were diving in talking about the literal interpretation of the Bible. We were looking at Jonah and how to take it as if it was true and biblical or historical knowledge. But now we're looking at it from an allegorical perspective. So if you missed last week's or two weeks back, Back, uh, our word from two weeks back, then you can go ahead and dive into whatever it is that you get your podcast. You can even type it in on Google. You just type in Preach Easy and it'll be the latest episode that was up. But before we dive into the new word talking about allegories and a new interpretation of the Bible, let's go ahead and gather up our challenges, our issues, our problems that we may have been carrying with us for the past week, the past month. Lord, it may have been for the past two weeks, two years, however long it's been. Let's give those challenges, those issues, those problems and situations over to the Lord now so we can focus and see what God has in store for us for this moment. So go ahead, gather up those challenges, those issues, those situations, and let's go ahead and breathe them on over to the Lord. Just exhale, just... Now that we create a space to move and to groove, let's breathe on in the promises, the blessings, the good news, and the gospel that the Lord has coming up for us in the next week, the next month. Lord, if you're able and willing, and we know you are, we'll take you the next 30 minutes, Lord, in the next 30 seconds. So let's go ahead and breathe on in the promises, the blessings, the good news, and the gospel that the Lord has in store for us. Go ahead and breathe in it now. Just... And now that we've centered ourselves, let's go ahead and dive on in, talking all about biblical interpretations. One of the greatest difficulties for almost all Christians or people who want to follow the faith of Jesus is simply reading the Bible. It could be because maybe we don't have the literal ability to read, which is fine because many of the people or the characters in the Bible couldn't read either. So you're in good company. Maybe it's just because of the presentation or the language that's used. The these and thous are too much for us. Or maybe it's simply just because we don't know where to start. For many of us, we would simply just thank you. Well, you start at the beginning of the book. Like all books, you start at the, at the left side of the book. You begin in Genesis. But... That may be how the Bible is constructed and put together, and it may be attempted to create a chronological order, but that's not even the reality and the way of how the books were put together. 
See, if you didn't know, the Bible isn't just one big massive book, but it's actually a collection of 66 different books that are bound and compiled together. That's why the text and the, the words are so small on the page, because they have a lot to fit onto there. See, these 66 books were compiled over about 2,000 years with over 100 different authors throughout decades, if not centuries, of division or difference between them. And in order for us as modern day believers, as modern day followers of Christ, or people who simply want to know and be better than we were yesterday, in order to receive all that the word has in store for us, in order to receive all that God is trying to reveal from this book that's compiled upon 66 other tinier books, well, we have to go about reading the Bible with different interpretations. This is because every book in the Bible, every author that presents, every parable and story has a different interpretation that the author wanted to get across. And by trying to read the Bible in just one interpretation, one sitting, one go up at it, we really miss a majority of what God has in store for us. Now, this series isn't to argue that one interpretation is better than the other. Instead, I would argue that all of the interpretations, literal, allegorical, moral, and mystical, are necessary to fully understand the Word of God. Two weeks ago, when the storm wasn't bothering us, we were able to look at the literal interpretation of Jonah. Now, if you don't know Jonah or if you missed it, I'll catch you up real quickly. Jonah is simply a prophet in old school in the Old Testament. Now, Jonah is a prophet from Israel and he's destined and called by God to go and speak to the people of Nineveh, the Ninevites, and is meant to ask them to repent. But Jonah runs away from his calling. And as he's running away, he's followed by a storm which goes and sinks or threatens to sink the ship that he's on. And so in hoping to save the people nearby, he jumps into the water where he's consumed and swallowed by a whale. But instead of dying like everybody else, instead, Jonah lives in the whale for about three days before having a come to God moment in the belly of the beast. And then finally, in that moment of coming to God and having a conversation, Jonah finally gets over himself and fulfills the calling and destiny that God calls for him and for the people of Nineveh. Now, last week we looked at a literal interpretation. If we were to take everything that's presented in Jonah as fact, as historical and scientific truth, but now we're looking past that. We are looking at what's called allegory. Now, if it's been a minute since you've been in English class or it's even been longer since you've paid attention to an English class, allegory is just a word or a phrase that means to mean more. There's double speech behind it. Now, allegory comes from the Latin word allegoria, which again, just means to mean more. Now, an allegory can be a story, an image, a poem. It can be a rap song or a lyric where it's simply meant to represent more than simply what's said there. It's the double speech that literal interpretations don't have. Now, many of us are familiar with an allegory. When we think back to Jesus, or oftentimes the parables that Jesus says, we recognize and read those parables as oftentimes not being true or factual because Jesus doesn't refer to any of those characters by a name. Instead, they refer to them as the son, the master, the owner, whoever, instead of giving them a name, showing how it's not real. But the difference between a parable and an allegory actually isn't much. The only difference is a parable is smaller or an allegory is bigger. So you can have a parable within an allegory. Allegories are just stories or songs, poems meant to tell you something more. And allegories or this double speech is very common amongst oppressed people, especially African-Americans and people of um, oppressed descent. 
This is very true, especially for the Israelites, because back and forth, they were oppressed. And the story of Jonah is actually an allegory for the cycle of oppression, the cycle of leaving God only to find themselves oppressed. If we look at the story of Jonah as a story of allegory, where everybody or everything, every event is supposed to represent something more, we can focus on three major characters or pieces in the story of Jonah. We can focus on Jonah, because he's the titular character who the book is named after. We can talk about the fish in the storm as one of the main set pieces, especially the fish in the modern day. That's what people focus on. And then we can talk about Nineveh, the town or the destination, the destiny upon which Jonah and the people of Nineveh are trying to achieve. First, let's talk about Jonah. Jonah is most often understood to be an allegory for the people of Israel. This is because most allegory in the Bible is meant to be political allegory or a cultural social allegory for what's going on to the people of Israel. Most of the leaders, the stories, the focus characters are meant to represent Israel in some form or some way. And this is very common. Whenever somebody says that there's no politics or no race, no culture, no gender, none of those woke discussions in the Bible, well, it's because they're trying to read it from a literal interpretation. And even that literal interpretation isn't actually true if you're trying to ignore those things. An allegorical interpretation is really the focus and where a lot of people see gender, race, politics presented because a lot of times that's what the authors intended. Jonah is most likely meant to represent Israel as a whole because we don't see where Jonah goes to Israel or comes back from Israel. Instead, Jonah represents all of the Israelites, the current people of God in the Old Testament. And these current people, well, they've been oppressed. They've had issues, they'd have problems, they've been conquered, and now they simply want to do their own thing, like many of us. Many of us have gone, if you live in Tulsa, you've recently gone through a horrendous storm that may have left you without power, or left people that you knew in difficult situations. And many times after those difficulties, those challenges, simply being without something that you knew, well, it leaves us hurt. It leaves us no longer wanting to engage, no longer feeling that we have the energy, the worth, the ability to, to continue on, to do the things that we did before. This is common. See, Jonah isn't meant to make us feel bad. Instead, Jonah is meant to show or elicit some connection. One of the other forms of allegory beyond a political allegory is this connection to the modern reader. Sure, the authors in the Old Testament or the authors 100, 200, 300, 400, 1,000 years ago weren't thinking about you in 2023, the reader right now, but they were thinking that whoever in the future can read this or will read this can see and connect with Jonah. Jonah is an average everyday person who, like all of us, has a calling that God put within his spirit and his heart. But after whatever Jonah's gone through, after just days of living life regularly, this calling and this destiny can grow heavy. And sometimes we can be dissuaded, believing that we can't even achieve what it is we're made to do. Many of us relate to Jonah in this point because the allegorical interpretation leads us we're supposed to. Jonah is not only a representation or an allegory for Israel, but an allegory for the modern day reader as well. Next, we move on to the fish. This, now, technically the Bible doesn't call, many modern readers will think, fish. It's supposed to be a whale, but the Bible doesn't actually call it a fish or a whale, it just says a big fish, and potentially the wording is really difficult. But the idea is that this fish, the storm that follows Jonah, is meant to represent the difficulties, the challenges, and even the big, the belly of the beast that we find ourselves within. 
Many of us think that when we're going through these challenges, these issues, when we're feeling distant or away from God, whether from it's our own decisions or simply the world that we find ourselves in, when we feel that we're away from God, we feel that there will never be a moment where God can reach or talk to us. But the story of Jonah is an allegory to show you that even when we're in the belly of the beast, at the bottom of the ocean, in the belly of a fish or a giant whale or whatever the case may be, when we're surrounded by situations and problems that we should not be able to survive and overcome, when we do, it's simply revealing that God was with us the entire time. This week may have been difficult for many of us. We might have been concerned in fear, anxiety, not knowing when our power will be back on, when we'll have the ability or when it comes back on, if we'll be able to come back and bounce back. Many of us constantly find ourselves in the belly of a beast, surrounded by our challenges, our issues, and our problems. But the story of Jonah is meant to be an allegory to remind even modern day readers today that even when we find ourselves surrounded by all sides, when we have no reason to survive and to make it, when we still do, that's not only a declaration of how amazing our God is, it's a, a declaration and a continued promise that our God will never give up on us. The allegorical interpretation of Jonah continues, going from Jonah who represents the people of Israel in the modern reader. It goes from the fish who represents captivity, challenges, and all of the difficulties faced not only by the modern reader, but by the, Israel, the Israelites back in the Old Testament. But finally, we get to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh is a Gentile town, which simply means this is a group of people who did not worship Yahweh or the Christian God or the Jewish God at that point. But as soon as Jonah comes there, after escaping the belly of the beast, after escaping through the challenges and even running and distancing himself away from God, he goes to Nineveh and explains the situation. And something miraculous happens. Every single person in Nineveh repents. They develop and start a relationship with God. Nineveh is meant to represent those who are outside of the kingdom those who have yet to start a relationship with God. Nineveh represents and shows that even when we find ourselves distant, when we've never established or started a relationship, God is still working and moving to protect us, to take care of us and to assure us. So for those of us who maybe haven't started our faith walk, or maybe just on the fence about if we want to be better than we were yesterday, if we are questioning if we can even be better, you can't. The story of Jonah is meant to be an allegory. It's meant to be a story that shows double speech. They're not just talking about Jonah and Nineveh, these people from a thousand years ago in the past. It's meant to be a lesson for us today, for the modern reader. That the modern reader, even when we run away from God, when we question God's calling for us, when we find ourselves in the pit of the belly of the beast, surrounded on all sides by our challenges, problems, situations, and shortcomings, God is still there in the midst for us, and God can still pull us out. The story of Jonah can be read as an allegory to teach the people of God and those that haven't even started the relationship yet. The story of Jonah is meant to teach all of creation that we're worth saving. That even in our darkest times, even in the times 
where we are surrounded by our challenges, situations and circumstances beyond our control. We exist and serve and are loved by a God that controls all circumstances and all situations. And this God loves us and is performing miracles just for us. And it is just that easy. This is your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy. That was my explanation of allegorical interpretations of the book of Jonah. Let me know your interpretation of the book of Jonah down below. If you liked any part of this, make sure to like, comment, send it to a friend. And know I'll be praying for you till you hear from me again. Your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy, signing off.